1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning Steelers fix. That's right. I'm glad that you join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I'm a part of the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Our website is close to being done, folks. I'm excited for that. I'm I'm excited to dive into that realm with this company. It's just exciting. We'll just put it that way. It's exciting. And today's show is exciting, too. Hopefully you checked out my Friday podcast where I talked about some of the inside information I received on the Steelers' War Room, their 2023 NFL Draft, their approach to the draft, all of it. I hope you checked it out. If you missed it, go back and take a listen. Otherwise, today's a really, it's kind of like an annual thing now. It's kind of like a celebration. The NFL Draft is over. Free agency, for the most part, is also concluded. And that means it's time for Predictions. You know, I mean, people talk about predictions. This week's going to be a big week. Thursday, the NFL schedule gets released. Everyone's going to be talking about that. But on top of that, we are predicting myself and Dave Schofield, who joins me every year on around this time to do our way too early fifty three man roster prediction show. So that's what you get today. The Monday morning conversation is myself and Dave Schofield giving our predictions position by position, who we think is going to make it, who we think is going to be cut. Are there debates to be had? I've already taken a look, folks. There are going to be some debates. We'll see how that goes. So, without further ado, coming up after this break, you have myself, Dave Schofield, and our way too early 53 man roster prediction. We'll be right back after this break. Pittsburgh Steward fans, welcome back after the break. I teased it up, and I said last Friday that we had a special show. Dave Schofield joins me. It's almost like a rite of passage every offseason when the NFL draft and free agency is done, and we do our way-too-early 53-man roster predictions. Dave, welcome to the show. How's it going?
0: Oh, it's going well, Jeff. This is crazy because if you look at last year, yeah, we didn't do too well at this point.
1: (laughs) Nor are we going to do well this year. It's just fun. There's something to do. (laughs) Uh, we take a look at the NFL draft class. We take a look at the free agent acquisitions, and we try and piece together the 53 man roster the best that we can. And the the craziest part is that the difficulty of this is at an extreme high. I would say out of one to ten, ten being extremely difficult, this is like a nine and a half. You have no idea about. Uh, players that might still be signed. You have no idea about injury status. All that is going to impact the 53-man roster, but we are going to go through position by position, and we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty and see if we can figure out who's going to make the team and who isn't. Dave, are you ready for this?
0: I am ready for this. Okay.
1: We're going to start on offense, and we're going to start with the most important position on offense, and that's quarterback. We both have three players being... Uh, representative of that position. I say that in that way, you're probably thinking, Jeff, what the hell are you talking about? Well, that's because we have two on the roster and that's it. So Dave, who do you have making the quarterback uh, depth chart?
0: Well, there, there. Technically, there is an undrafted rookie free agent on the roster, but I'm not sure that that's going to be number three. I'm not willing to hand out that spot simply because he's only the third one there for now. I I think that's that. The third person could very well be someone who is not on the roster yet because they're going. They're going to more than likely go into camp with four. They only have three, so that last spot is really up in the air.
1: So yeah, I mean, obviously, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky. And I, I have on my description, you can check out this article today, Monday at 9.30 p.m. Or 9.30 a.m., not p.m. 9.30 <laughs> we'll have to a.m. Wait Eastern that long. time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have made the best man win. I, I don't <laughs> think Mason Rudolph comes back as QB3. Do
0: you? I think he would before he would sit out a year. But I I, I think if anyone offers him a vet minimum at this point, that he should take it. Outside of Pittsburgh, just for the opportunity. But if no one else will, and he says he wants to come back, then I don't think it would hurt no. anything because he would then have an idea of he could move back up into number two the following year. Yeah, um, that's that's yeah. the only appeal for him. Uh, so it's a possibility as long as he's still out there. I, I just don't know that that that's going to be the best place for him.
1: Yeah, I don't think he wants to come back. I think it's more or less the this is the only opportunity. I'd rather have a an opportunity than no opportunity. Uh, If Mason Rudolph did come back and he knew he was the QB three and that, hey, I would take that in a heartbeat. That's a lot of experience you have on your depth chart there in case injuries do ravage that position. But as of right now, I think it's going to be an undrafted rookie free agent or maybe another signal caller that's on the open market. Uh, We'll see. So we we all stick with three there, and we all kind of agree on that. Let me go to running back. We have a little bit of a disagreement here. Dave, who's your running back group?
0: Well, it's not really a disagreement. It's just – our explanations are both the same. I have Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and I have Anthony McFarland, because he's the other guy on the roster now. I, I don't think, you know, Master Teague comes out of anywhere and knocks knocks it off. But the reason I have McFarland is simply because the Steelers haven't signed anyone else yet to that class, not through free agency, not through the draft, not through undrafted free agents. They they have made zero additions to the running back room. And I, I think they very well could. And I think you hit the nail on the head. So I'm gonna let you say it.
1: Yeah, I actually have Benny Snell Jr. rounding out the group. And we know Najee and Jalen Warren are going to be the top two no matter what. And, and I know Benny Snell, as, as this being recorded and the article being published, he is still a free agent. He brings special teams versatility to the lineup. And Anthony McFarland, yes, he can return kicks. But when we get to wide receivers, they don't need any return men. <laughs> it, that's covered, you know. And Anthony McFarland, I think he did spend a few games or a game as a gunner last year when there were injuries to James Pierre and or, uh, miles Boykin, but he is not that guy. So Benny Snell, I mean, he, he had some tackles last year. I don't know if you know that number off the top of your head, Dave, but I mean, he actually had, he actually contributed. He wasn't just a body out there. I'd love to see him bring him back. Uh, no, he's not the most dynamic runner, but he could round out the depth chart. So we'll see how that pans out. Any thoughts?
0: Uh, yeah. and, And that's exactly what I said. I actually hope that Benny Snell would come back for next season. Uh, just, just because, I, I think it makes sense. But when you're, you you want to know about those uh, about those tackles, uh, uh, let's see. They, they obviously all came on special teams because it's not like he yeah. played defense, but he had eight tackles last year. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> when you yeah. think
1: about it, like that's actually impressive for a guy that's a running back running down the field on kickoff coverage to have eight tackles. That's pretty impressive. So we'll see how that that is a room. That is a depth chart that you want to keep your eye on as we get into uh, even rookie minicamp coming up later this week. And is are there players that are showing out, Are there players that are doing well? Uh, we'll see how that rounds out. We know the top two. How that the third is going to be distinguished is going to be to be determined. Let's go to fullback. Now, this is a funny one, Dave. I'll let you go ahead and talk. You
0: about forced my hand on this. There is no <laughs> way I am going to start off not putting. And I can't even say I can't even say his last name right. I'll, 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 I'll attempt. Pot-Bomb. There's no way I'm not going to put Monty. Is it Pot-a-bomb? I think it's Potbom. Or I, I don't know. There's an E in there. So I, I don't know. The E know. is silent. Okay. The E is silent. <laughs> ah, the C is silent. Um, are okay. Your brother, crew has got to love that. You use, yeah. you use those all the time. For sure. But it, it's all about the mullet. It really is. It's all about the mullet and not his mullet. Your mullet. Yeah, I'm ready for you to have to wear the mullet for we'll we'll see where the bye week falls this year when the schedule comes out later this week. The um to, to see exactly what you would do. But if he makes that 53 man roster to start, I don't care if he if he's one of those, you know, two star skippers make it and then you get cut before the game. No, I'm still gonna count it. You know, I will do anything I can to make sure this happens.
1: If he's on the 53-man roster, that's all it takes, you know. Yeah. I mean so I, I do want it, I do want him to be like you said, twos our skipper or Quincy Rochet, where you know he gets cut, and I, I want him to be on the fifty-three man roster. So not a practice squad guy. He's got to be on the fifty-three. I actually don't have him making the team. I don't have them carrying a genuine. Well, uh, we'll we'll call it an old school fullback. Uh, in the likes of Derek Watt in the past. I I don't, I I know why you put him on there and it makes sense. It's a lot of fun. And I would definitely wear the the wig on the Steelers preview podcast if that were the case, but uh, I don't see them uh, keeping a fullback. And we'll get to that more in the tight end section, but let's go to wide receiver. This was a tough one. This was actually really difficult. We agree, but this was tough. And I think it was tough for you to explain why you had the six players as rounding out the wide receiver group that you did.
0: All right. Well, to me, the the top three are, are your locks with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robinson. I would love to think that Calvin Austin III is a lock because, you know, it, you can think of him as a fourth-round pick from this year, even if you want to, because he didn't play last year. But I'm not quite have him in the definite lock category just because we haven't seen it in even a preseason game. But I have Calvin Austin III. I have Miles Boykin because, man, that guy is just a special teams ace you want to give a spot to someone like that. And then I have Anthony Miller just because I, I liked what he was doing last off season before he was injured. I want to see if he can come back to that. I just kind of picked my three favorite, but you there's so many other options that they have there you have the goat Cody White. You have Gunner O, uh which he would be taking up a spot mainly cuz of special teams and I want to give that special team spot to Boykin over Gunner O. So and there's even more names there. They even have a very interesting um uh, undrafted rookie free agent in the mix there. But this this is just you got to throw some names out there before they take the field. Right,
1: and even rookie minicamp. there's that XFL receiver, the name escapes me right now, that he's going to get a shot at maybe earning himself a spot on the 90-man offseason roster. So we don't know. But I will say this, you know, last, this past offseason, when Steven Sims ended up signing a one-year deal with the Houston Texans, a lot of fans are really upset. And they think back to the Ravens game in Baltimore when he had that great catch down the middle on that game-winning drive uh, against the Ravens. And I kept on thinking the same thing. The Steelers could have matched that, but I guarantee you if it's between Sims and Anthony Miller, they like Anthony Miller more, and they already went out and signed him to that one-year deal prior to all this happening. So they are prioritizing the wide receivers there. And to me, little things like that, that matters. It matters when they give Anthony Miller the contract before Stephen Sims. They're no, they know more than we do about these players. We might think that we know, but we don't. They're with them every day. Anthony Miller last year, it was a shoulder, right, Dave? Wasn't that the injury?
0: That's a great question that I should probably know the answer to that I do not.
1: I think it's a, I think it was a shoulder injury and you got to figure he missed all of last season he should be 100% healthy from that he should be fresh ready to go and it gives them a little bit of insurance there in case Calvin Austin like you mentioned is not up to speed whether it's with his foot injury or not go ahead
0: Yeah well there's something else with Miller you have to remember if let's say he would have been better as, as you know towards the end of the season his only option would have been for the Steelers to release him and him, and him to sign somewhere else because right. they put him on the on on IR uh, before the season started, there, there, if enough time would have could have passed after they did that, he could have come back. I can't remember yeah. exactly how that spells out. But bottom line is, he st- he stayed with the Steelers even through his injury, um, and and didn't force the issue like he was back and better. I, I and like I said, we don't know if he really was back and back and better. So yeah. that was interesting. So it seemed like there was mutual interest on both sides there because the Steelers you know, if you say, Hey, you think you're good. Okay. We can, we can give you your release now. Um, and that didn't happen.
1: Yeah. So there, there you have it. We both have the same six wide receivers making the team, but that could change in the very near future. Now, tight end. We, uh, we definitely did not have the same number. <laughs> and this is based on you having Monty Potpom making the team, I did not. So I gave that extra position to Zach Gentry. So you have Pat Fryermuth, Thornell Washington and Connor Hayward. I have the same three, but also threw in Zach Gentry. You talked about Gentry in your description. Go ahead and say that now.
0: Yeah, that's just because I had to find somewhere to cut someone. And what, it in order to throw in the fullback that I don't really think will make the team, but I I'd, I'd had to take this route. <laughs> so it, it was Gentry because to me, um, Darnell Washington is a is a Zach Gentry replacement and to a whole new level uh, and a more th- of a threat in the passing game. Uh basically, I feel that everything Gentry could do, Washington does better. So Gentry really has his work cut out for him, but it doesn't mean that there's not a role for him on this team. But I if I had to choose between Gentry and Hayward, I'm keeping Hayward because he offers something different than the others where now you just like i said you you have a you, you have a c-level player in zach gentry and darnell washington is an a-level player doing the same kind of things
1: i mean if, if zach gentry makes this team i could see him potentially being inactive on most game days Yeah, if they're if they're using connor hayward as more of an h-back slash fullback you have darnell washington as your primary blocking tight end pat Fryermuth is healthy I I don't see Gentry getting a helmet on most game days if, those are the, if that's the circumstance. But as of right now, that's that one position. If you're looking at a roster spot that could fluctuate between positions, that's the one for me, this tight end group, where it could definitely swing one way or the other. And one of those places where it could swing is the offensive line, which is the next and final spot of our offense here. And we both have nine players. I think that we agreed except for one. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Explain who you have making this
0: Well, pick. first of all, some people are like, oh, well, they could keep eight. You could keep eight and then have your reserve be on the practice squad um, or someone you would bump up. But the Steelers kept nine all of last season. That's why Kendrick Green was inactive every week, because he was on the 53-man roster. To me, you, you've got three definite tackles in Chukes, Dan Moore, Broderick Jones. You've got your interior guys. I just had to call them interior because you couldn't move so many yeah. of these guys around to any of these three spots. You've got Isaac Samalo, um, James Daniel, Nate Herbig, Kevin Dotson, Mason Cole. Those, those five are the guys, in my opinion, with the, with the one who I think who could be the most questionable, but actually probably more Dotson over Herbig, but Dotson and Herbig are, are probably the, the, the next two behind who the other three, who I believe are the starters. Then, for my last one, I feel that it's three players fighting for one spot. I feel that that is a fight between uh, LaRaven Clark, between Kendrick Green, and between Spencer Anderson. Actually, you could throw in a fourth if you want to throw in the undrafted free agent uh, center that the Steelers picked up. Was it Iowa State? I think it was. Um, I don't know. But. Uh, Trevor Downing is his name. Mm -hmm. I I just, I can't remember where he's from. I I think that's where he was from, but uh, you could even throw him into the mix there if you want to, but that's a lot of guys fighting for one spot. I decided I'm going to go West. I'm the King of wishful thinking. And Hey, let's say that the the guy that the Steelers picked up as their last draft pick is because they saw something special and he's good enough to beat out a Kendrick green to get on this roster.
1: So I have Kendrick green making the team. The rest are the same exact as yours. And my reasoning was simple. He was the third round draft pick and this any organization, not just the Steelers, they do not like to, to say, wow, we really swung and missed with that one. We had a third round pick that didn't even make it in year three of his rookie deal. That's a really damning statement. And I know it's Omar Khan. I know it's a new regime in the front office, but still from an organizational standpoint, that in my opinion does matter. So unless Kendrick green, which I mean, we've seen him, look pretty bad unless he continues that horrid play. He does have a leg up on some of those players. I think Spencer Anderson would be great if they can get him on the practice squad, yeah. let him kind of marinate for a year and then see if he can find a role next year and shoot. I mean, LaRaven Raven Clark, he has some flexibility. We'll see. This is going to be interesting. Nonetheless, we both have nine offensive linemen, and that equates to a total of 25 offensive players as we head over to the defensive side of the football. And the defensive line is where we're going to start. We actually, again, agree with all but one. Who do you have making the team?
0: All right, so for the defensive line, man, there's a lot. And, and, you know, went with seven. That's... It's a lot. It's a big toss-up here. You've got Cam Hayward, Larry O, DeMarvin Leal is not going anywhere. Keanu Benton they just took it the second round. I keep having to remind myself he's second yeah. round, not third. Yeah. He was their third pick. Then you start to get into a bunch of guys that are the that are there that could, you know. They're fighting for two or three spots, and I still have it as three with them keeping seven. That's where you got Braden Fajoko. you got Montrevious Adams. You've got Armin Watts. You've got Isaiah Loudermilk. Um, lots to go in there. I left Loudermilk off and went with Fajoko, Adams, and Watts because I'll probably change this every time we do one of these. So I, I, that I just started the rotation with Loudermilk out so that way I could rotate him in in place of <laughs> someone else as we go because it really is – a position that, you know, maybe they even squeeze somewhere else and try to keep eight. Um, But I also have another, I have another reasoning behind why they could keep eight. And and we'll get to that shortly, but uh, I just had to pick one and louder milk. Just, he hasn't even been able to stay active throughout his two seasons with the Steelers.
1: Yeah. But again, and like I said, I I have louder milk making the team. And a lot of this is based off of perception, in my opinion, and again, this could change. We've seen Omar Khan part ways with Kevin Colbert's selections, i.e. Chase Claypool. And he definitely seems to have made more right decisions than wrong. But the Steelers did trade up in the 2021 draft to get Isaiah Loudermilk. No, it was not trading up into the first or second rounds. It was in the fifth round. But still, that they've made an, they made a move to go get this guy. A lot of people talk about his improvement, although it's clearly not where we want it to be as a fan base. But I've got him making the team based on that fact, and I know it sounds foolish. But also, when you sign an Armand Watts, yeah, you brought him in. That's probably, Dave, I mean, you steam the contracts. Is that like a one, like a veteran minimum deal?
0: Yeah, that's what most of these guys are that they've added, uh, simply just to to add more competition into the mix. I am I mean, I know what Montrevius Adams is in his second year of a two-year deal. He signed last year, unless I'm getting my years all mixed up. Um, but, but that, yeah, that these are the, or th- uh, what you kind of do here at the bottom. And, and all of these guys have very similar contracts because yeah. the other ones being on rookie, rookie deals, but yeah, Armin Watts, actually, they gave him on, on, on the veteran salary benefit contract. They gave him the maximum signing bonus, hmm. which is $152,500. This is according to over the cap. Right. Um, because you know I don't have these numbers myself, so he has the full signing bonus. So if they cut him, that's the dead money. That's the same signing bonus you have for like Shannon Sullivan who they just just signed. That's the same signing bonus you had for Zach Gentry with his deal. So it's there, and it's not that it's not significant, but like even like La Raven Clark, they didn't give him the full signing bonus. They gave him a much smaller one. So that's the – you sometimes got to look at this. Um, you know, that he didn't get a signing bonus at all. Wow. So – but remember, he was coming as a guy that was mainly on the practice squad last year for the Chargers that then got promoted and the fans fell in love with him and they wanted him back so bad. Yeah, so he has there's, – there's nothing lost if he doesn't make it. So I think they do ha- prioritize Watt's – there but i don't know that he's going to be the best player at all
1: price does matter and so we'll keep that in mind that's some good information i didn't know that about the signing bonuses and things like that so nonetheless we both have seven defensive line making the team we go to outside linebacker that we also differ here uh we both have tj watt alex highsmith nick herbig you stayed with just those three dave why don't you explain yourself
0: well the steelers did it a few years ago i should look back at which season it was Um, But I'm pretty sure the three that they did it with was uh, Watt, Dupree, and Chicolo. I know Chicolo was the third that year, so it it had to fall in that range there where they just went with three outside linebackers, and and it actually worked for them. But I'm not doing that as much because they they skimped there in the past and it worked out. I'm still not convinced that they aren't – thinking about using DeMarvin Leal there as well. I don't know where they're going to use him. Coach Tomlin won't answer where they're going to use him. But if you look at the roster right now, the Steelers have an abundance of defensive linemen and they are deficient at outside linebacker. So logic could say this is what they're going to do. I wasn't going this far to put Leal in this group and away from the defensive line, but... Uh, but it's, you got to look at that as a possibility. I don't know that Quincy Roche uh, totally blows me out of the water after being away from the Steelers after he was a six-round draft pick. And I don't want them to keep a fourth guy just for the sake of having four. This really will be having training camp sort this out. But for now... I would rather have the uh, an extra guy in the secondary or the seven defensive linemen than have to that have to slot in a fourth player there What I think Leal could also be the answer there if they choose to use him in that way.
1: Yeah, and you love to bring up Leal, and it's rightfully so. We've, he's shown that position versatility. To me, the question is Nick Herbig. And yep. is he going to be capable as a rookie of even being that Anthony Ciccolo type that you mentioned from past years? And I'm not sold that he is. I think that if anything, he hasn't taken a snap yet. No, but he's also, (laughs) when you look at his size and stature, he's kind of a tweener. Yeah. And so unless he comes out in training camp, rookie mini camp, whatever, and he starts to really perform well, the Steelers have to be thinking to themselves, well, uh, we can't go in with two. And if Herbig's not the answer, Quincy Roche at least has the build. He has the experience at the NFL level, whether it's starters experience doesn't matter. I think that I think they go in with four. Whether that's Roche, I don't know, but I have Roche making the team right now based on that because alone because he's there.
0: Yeah, because he's there for sure. But, yeah, but to me, this is more of my me saying, I think Herbig can do it. This is more, you know, once again, I'm gonna go west, king of wishful thinking. Yeah. That I think Herbig can do that job. If he can't, I think if they have a fourth one, I don't think he's gonna. It's not that he's not going to make the team, but if they need another person there, I think it's going to be what they've, what they've done more recently. And that just, that person is just not on the roster yet, whether they make it a, a trade or a pickup or whatever, right before the season that they would add someone else into that rotation. But you can wait and see if you have your answer in Herbig first. And then if not, you make the move at some of the time.
1: Right. It could be someone like Justin Houston, who's still yeah. a free agent. who's not going to sign anytime soon with any team because he just wants to weigh his options and take the best choice for him. So, hey, could be. I'm yeah. fine. But I do think they keep four, but that's just my own personal opinion. Let's go to yep. inside linebacker. Uh, we actually have the same four making the team. Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, Mark Robinson, Tanner Muse. You think those are the guys? You actually bring up a name in your analysis. Who's that guy?
0: Well, that that's the other... Inside linebacker from last year. I even did an article on him. Uh, oh my, that was a while ago. At you know behind the steel curtain. Uh, yes, that website still exists. Yeah. Um, that uh, Tay Crowder. He was mm-hmm. someone that the Steelers brought in at the end of last year. He had started a bunch of games for the Giants as a seventh round draft pick. Yes, he was. I'm pretty sure he was the the, the worst rated inside linebacker by pro football focus. Uh, but he was also a seventh round draft pick. Now, I don't know if the Steelers look at him as someone that can contribute, but if people are wondering why haven't they done even more at the inside linebacker, are they really banking on Mark Robinson? Maybe they do like something with the Tay Crowder, but that's really hard for us to see right now. And the reason I have Tanner Muse there instead is because being a former safety, who is now a linebacker, who's mainly just a special teams guy, Could he be what Robert Spillane was early in the season last year that he was not on the field as much otherwise but came on specifically in dime that maybe that they do that because you would want someone who was a secondary guy that, that was a more coverage guy to be that linebacker. The question is, even when you're in dime, you still got to be able to stop the run because teams might want to try to put you in dime to run against it. He's got to show that he's capable of that. I think he's got the possibility because because he's more of that, uh, I, don't, I hate to say it, more, he, he's like a Marcus Allen that was a safety but was more of a tweener in, in college, and that that's the position that he moved into. But I, I'm hoping that maybe Tanner Muse can be that to the next level.
1: What a difficult position to try and predict. The inside linebacker position, you have no, no one. Everyone wants to try and forecast what the Steelers are going to do. We don't know. And if you think about, um, I know our own Jeffrey Benedict has been racking his brain all offseason about how the Steelers (laughs) are going to utilize these inside linebackers. I've thrown my hands up and said, let's just see how it plays out. I have no clue. We have no idea how they view Mark Robinson, like you mentioned. Are they going to use Tanner Muse not just as a special teams ace, but maybe as someone that could actually contribute in certain sub packages? We'll see. This is going to be one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most important positions to watch in training camp in this offseason as it pertains to not just their usage, but also – What does it look like in terms of depth? Because maybe if Cole Holcomb's healthy and Alandon Roberts finds a good role and Mark Robinson's improved a massive amount, the Steelers are fine, or this could be continually that glaring weakness that we've seen since 2017 when Ryan Shazier went down. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, this is
0: also a position that you can can cover up if you're strong everywhere else. Right. In in all honesty, if you're stronger up front, uh, you don't have to ask – as much from your inside linebackers, if you have really strong defensive line play, True, but are the Steelers going to have really strong defensive line play? I don't know that you can bank on that either. Um, Just because of age and other factors. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll, that they'll get it, but yeah, that's, that's why we watch the games. That's right.
1: That's right. Inside linebacker. We both have four. Let's go to cornerback. We both have six, the same six, Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, Joey Porter, Jr., James Pierre, Corey Trice, Jr., and also Arthur Millette. But there's other names to consider. Dave, why don't you go at oh, the your thought
0: process? Yes, there are. Uh, other names to consider. Uh, notice we neither one of us had a Keller Witherspoon. Um, yeah. To me, if the Steelers – Right now, Withers they're like, well, why is Witherspoon and his four? You know, they could save four million dollars. Well, there'd be roster displacement, so it's at least three. Why is he still on the roster with everything? I, I felt last year going into it because both Levi Wallace and Akella Witherspoon were given the same contract, the, the the same dollar amount contract, two years divided up exactly even uh, with the signing bonus and all that. That there was two guys playing for the second year. Which could still be the case, especially with the Steelers' double dip at cornerback in the draft. So you gotta think that there's something more there. And to me, if you're picking between the two, it's obviously Levi Wallace. So I didn't have Witherspoon there. There's no reason to even release him right now. The Steelers don't even have 90 players on their offseason roster. They only have 87. So there's still even three open spots. So, and you don't have to have that dollar amount right this second, and if you didn't release him for free agency. So that's my Akella Witherspoon story. And who knows? Maybe what he does is he's so up and down everywhere, not just with the Steelers. You know, he, you come in, he gives it a big touchdown, and you even said it, he's the worst he, He's the worst trade the Steelers have ever made. <laughs> then by the end of the season, when he's making plays, he's the guy that they got assigned next year. That's the up and down with Akella Witherspoon. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe he's ready to come back up, and we just don't see it yet. But the other one that neither of us had is the newly signed. Um,
1: um, I, I keep messing
0: up his first name, Sullivan. Um, that that they got. That's also a a slot corner. I I think him and Arthur Millette are two different types of slot corners. I think Arthur Millette is your is your big nickel guy, where you have a nickel package out there, but you still believe that it's more of a of a run uh, of a run set that you're going to be battling versus your basically he's he, he he's your he's your nickel corner in dime packages uh because you do feel that it's going to be more pass to me that would be more sullivan i would love to keep them both but i'm just i'm i'm, I'm kind of getting sold on the Corey Trice train that people are jumping on that you know this was a guy the steelers might have been been looking to to take in round 4 if the draft fell a different way. I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll say it if Darnell Washington doesn't, you know, gets taken between 80 and 93, I would not have been shocked that the Steelers would have taken Herbig at 93 and Trice in the fourth round. That would, that wouldn't have surprised me at all. Uh, but then, and then again, they got Washington and then both these guys, because apparently the Steelers were really high on Trice. So therefore I am, I, I'm not willing to, to have him not make the roster. It could be James Pierre. It could be if Corey Trice beats somebody out, it could be Pierre, but yeah. he would also have to show that he could do the special teams as well.
1: Absolutely. And and for, for Akella Witherspoon, I don't have him making the team either. And I'm going to be honest. So we've seen the ups and downs on the field of Akella Witherspoon. That's who he is. And you said it, wherever he was before, San Francisco, Seattle, they all said the same thing. He's just so inconsistent. So my thought process, and I said this, and I, this is not my own thought. I, I listened to Shannon White. I think it was on the Steelers Hangover or Know Your Enemy last week. I'm sorry, the curtain call. And he said, look, if I'm going to do anything, I'll cut a Witherspoon and save some money. Like you said, about $3 million after roster displacement. And maybe I can get William Jackson the Third if he's healthy on a very cheap deal because, hey, mm. he'll probably sign a one-year deal to like approve it deal. If he's healthy – William Jackson has been a better performer on the field than Akella Witherspoon by most metrics, so that's an interesting thought in and of itself. But I think there's going to be a camp battle here. We just don't know where it's going to be. Exactly. We, we think we think it's going to be Chandon Sullivan and Arthur Millette for the for the slot. I, I think they if could it's both. Not? But what if, what if it's not? It. What if yeah. it's Corey Trice? and Shandon Sullivan for a a very unique role. This is when you start to see reports of, oh, wow, they're using Corey Trice only in the slot and not outside. Well, this changes everything. Uh, You know, James Pierre, where is he playing? Is he coming in with dime? Is he coming in with nickel? We can talk about all this stuff. We won't know until July when they report to camp, but still this is going to be a position where, again, you talk about Patrick Peterson and his flexibility, which I'm going to mention on our next position group. That can change the dynamic of everything. And how does Joey Porter Jr. acclimate to the NFL game? And Levi Wallace, can he stay consistent? And can he stay yeah. healthy? A lot now, to talk about with the cornerback group.
0: And there's, let's go back to the one other factor we were talking about before. When you look at salary, someone like a James Pierre, they signed him to a one-year deal this offseason. They signed him to more than the league minimum. They signed him for $1.3 million, But with no signing bonus. So, no so that means if he doesn't make the team, there's no dead money. Yeah. They could have given him, you know, the the 1.06 it would have been uh, for his for his years in the league. Um, they also didn't sign him as a restricted free agent, which would have been 2.6 something. Um, so they, they brought him in for half that at 1.3, but with no signing bonus, he's got to fight to make the roster. And that might be the battle between Pierre and Trice.
1: Right. It's going to be interesting. Then let's go to safety. You have five. I have four. This came down to, I needed to have another spot (laughs) available somewhere. And I chose to cut a safety. Uh, You have Minka Fitzpatrick, Demonte KZ, Keanu Neal, Miles Gilbert, and Trey Norwood. I do not have Trey Norwood making the team, but go ahead, Dave. What do you think about safeties?
0: Yeah. And, and I said there exactly that. I think the last one's a, a, a tricky spot because before you needed Train Train Norwood as more of that backup guy. But to me with the with the Monte KZ, um, he, you know, because you think about what if Minka misses games? Minka missed two games last year. Um, yeah, But you had KZ there. But then you don't have Terrell Edmonds. Is Keanu Neal really the, the answer? Is Miles Killebrew is really just? I mean, he was the people keep talking about Derek Watt, the special teams captain. That was two years ago. Last year, the special teams captain was Miles Killebrew. That's why I believe he's safe for that reason. But but really, that's a spot. If you needed a spot somewhere else that you could you could do that, is that is that? Fifth safety spot because you might have guys at corner like you mentioned Patrick Peterson that could possibly play there, but uh, I I wasn't quite ready to pull the trigger yet. But to me, that's the spot that it that it could be. Trey Norwood, seventh round draft pick, played you know two two seasons with the Steelers, but it wasn't like he was jumping off the page. uh, Especially last year, you noticed him more as a rookie because you're like, wow, this is a rookie that that's playing as a seventh round draft pick. But I, I don't know that he's the guy that you have to lock him into the roster spot. So that one really is open. And it's not just at safety. Like I mentioned, you know, it even could be Elijah Riley. That's another safety that's that could get his name in, in the mix. But it wouldn't even necessarily have to be at safety. It could be anywhere up and down the roster, offense or defense is where you could you could uh, find another spot there.
1: I mean, when you think about when you get down to these final three, four, five roster spots, it literally is the more you can do. You know, the more that you can do. So Tanner Muse, let's bring him up here. He was a tweener. He played safety in college. Sure, he's not going to be a cut and dry safety on the roster, but he could definitely fill that spot if you needed someone in the heavy sets. You know, you're looking for someone that can, Terrell Edmonds play the box the way he did. Maybe that's his role, or maybe his role is something different in terms of coverage. I don't know what his coverage grades like or from pro football focus or anything like that, but that's just an example of when I only take four, how other players can fill some of those yeah. gaps in what the Steelers are trying to do defensively. So even though Dave has five, I have four. We have a lot of flexibility there in terms of those final few roster spots. That's 25 total on defense. And we finish up with the special teams. Of course, you have to name the specialists. We both agree that the all the three that came into twenty twenty two are there for twenty twenty three. Chris Boswell, Big Press, Presley Harvin, and Christian Coons. Any thoughts on that?
0: I think it really is a legitimate, you know, dead even competition for punter going into the year. I really yeah. do because it's it's his last name's Man. I think it's Braden Man. I I might have that first name wrong. Um, it, it's close to that. I I might have just missed up a syllable in there. He was drafted by the Jets the year before Presley Harvin. He was drafted a year, uh, not, not just a year, but a round ahead of Presley Harvin. He was a sixth-round pick. He's the former Ray Gaia Award winner, which is for the best collegiate punter. Um, he had it the year before Presley Harvin. So you're bringing in a guy with, with the same pedigree as Harvin. So, yes, Harvin was the Steelers draft pick, but – you you're you're bringing in the most legit competition he's had i mean even look back at it if, if you think about it, the Steelers never should've, should have should should have got rid of cordless waitman he really should have won that job but i think they held on to it because it was the draft pick and then I, i'll be honest i didn't follow him last year but i know going into last year he was he was primed to be a better punter um But this I think is the most legit competition that Presley Harvin's going to have. And he really does have to earn a spot this year. But for now, I I, I do give him the edge.
1: Yeah, and I do too. And they even brought in some Australian punter for the rookie mini camp. I heard. I didn't see yeah. anything official, and they haven't released that roster yet. I thought they'll do that this week. Um, all the official invites to rookie mini camp. So there will be another punter in the mix as well, and maybe he can find his way onto the ninety-man offseason roster. But we shall see. So there you have it: fifty-three players. A way too early prediction. Uh, we're going to be way, we're going to be wrong way more than we're right. Nonetheless, uh, we like to do this. And again, you're really only debating the final four or five spots here. Yeah. Like the rest of the roster is pretty much set. Um, and what's interesting, I think, Dave, you have all of the seven drafted players making the team. I had six of seven. I don't have Spencer Anderson making the team. Hopefully, he gets on the practice squad. But, uh, Dave, any final thoughts here before we let you go?
0: Yeah, I. That's how it generally starts in the first one of these. Right after the draft yeah. is, as you do that, and it's not that I'm sold on Spencer, Spencer Anderson, but I, I you know, I, I've watched a little bit of of what he can bring, and I'm like, I now I see why the Steelers uh, took took the flyer on him in the seventh round. So I would, I, I'd, I'd like to see him do well, but that one wouldn't surprise me at all. I really do think he's a guy that that would do, that would do well on the practice squad if he can get there. My biggest thing is there's some wild cards here. You say they're four or five. It could even be as much as eight this mm-hmm. early in the process. Right, but uh, it really does come down to those last few spots, and the non rookies. There's really some of them that that you don't know what to expect, like the defensive line guys that we mentioned. Uh, that it's really a toss up. I, I still think it's very curious about Kendrick Green. We never saw him in uniform last year, Man. so we don't know. Did he make some improvements? Could he – I mean, he obviously struggled um, at, at center with, with what you had to do in the NFL. Did he not – prop? did he take longer to adjust to Pat Meyer's style of blocking and philosophy, and that's why he was never active? Could he even be a guy that gets his name back in the mix with everything? I'm right now saying no way, but that would be a, a pleasant surprise. I could see him off the roster. I could see him pushing to start because we just don't know. We don't know all these inside things. But that's what makes watching this whole offseason process, even, even the OTAs, even, e- even the, the rookie mini camp and the mandatory mini camp, if they actually have it this year, because they canceled last year because everyone showed up to the OTAs and throughout training camp, it just makes it all so much fun. Yeah,
1: so Dave, do you uh, have a little teaser for your Stat Geek this week, or do you not know the topic yet?
0: Uh, stat Geek this week, I'm still working on that. Okay, um, but I, I do know for Scobro Show the little teaser um, over the weekend. I, I ran uh, a series of articles. I've done it four different weekends at different phases, and that is looking at which which position group fans are the most confident in and the least confident in, and how that's changed based on looking back at last season before free agency, after free agency, but before the draft, and now after the draft, how that's evolved, how that's changed, where the Steelers could still use some improvement, and where you could be like, man, they got this.
1: Perfect, perfect. All right, Dave, thank you very much for your taking the time. I do appreciate it. Make sure you check him out on the Scobro Show as well as the Steelers Preview with myself and Brian Davis on Thursday nights and the Stat Geek on our audio only audio-only side every Thursday morning. Until next 53-man roster prediction, Dave, take it easy. Thanks. On oh, a big thank you to Dave for taking the time, and you know, he's a busy guy too with the website and the FFSN network. It's it's a lot, and so uh, for him to take the time on this Monday morning, I do appreciate it. Hope y'all enjoyed that. You know, on Wednesday coming up, we have our regular Wednesday show, the Mailbag in the second half. So be on the lookout for that tweet on Tuesday saying, "Hey, I need questions for the Mailbag. You ask." I answer live on the show. That's how it works. You can find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I'm an active user, so follow along and enjoy the content. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go you. You burn it